Earlier today, President Trump met with the Prime Minister of Sweden and admitted to not knowing much about the country, except that all of his apartments had IKEA furniture when he was just starting out as a slumlord. <laughs> President Trump said California Representative Maxine Waters should take an IQ test, which is kind of like Charlie Sheen telling you to take a get tested for STDs. <laughs> The Trump administration has quietly decided once again to allow Americans to import the body parts of African elephants shot for sport, despite presidential tweets decrying the practice as, quote, horror show. The president reversed his course on the practice when advisors pointed out that that's exactly the same thing he's doing to the elephant that represents the GOP. A new report says the world's billionaires last year made so much money that they could end severe poverty seven times. Billionaires considered ending poverty, but then shrugged and decided to continue installing a shark tank in their luxury hot air balloons. Donald Trump says that he may visit Jerusalem for the opening of the new U.S. embassy. Uh, it all depends on whether or not Jerusalem has a KFC. Live from Los and finally, President Trump says Russians had no impact on our votes, but there was some meddling. He also characterized his evening with Stormy Daniels as more of a tropical depression. The Trump Report starts now! Live from Los Angeles, California, AfterBuzz TV, and America's Voice, this is The Trump Report. Yes, this is indeed the Trump Report. Welcome. Thank you for joining us here on AfterBuzz TV. And hello to our friends on America's Voice. We're happy to have all of you with us on a Trump-tastic evening, or depending on when you're watching it, Trump-tastic morning. I think afternoon. it's Trumptaneous. It is de indeed Trumptaneous. I'm Christian Blatt. To my left, for those watching, it's your right. Tamara Brown and Brooke Salise on the other end of the desk. Brooke, thank you for uh, thank you for taking a break from from the books yes. and uh, you know the lawyering, oh, my legal studies. I'm happy to be here. So most <laughs> weeks when we do the show, uh, I usually have the same joke of like, "Well, where do we start?" Because there's usually something that's so obvious that you're going to start with that you kind of have to dive in. And this week is no exception. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That's right. Seriously. If in the office pool you took Sam Nunberg as our first topic, you <laughs> would indeed uh, be a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, Brooke because uh, you were posting about it kind of in real time. You, oh, yeah. You seem to have had plenty of time. Did you, did you watch the whole media tour? Because I heard the breakdown... Uh, I think uh, I think it was from Colbert. I heard the breakdown of you know just how many minutes a party went from CNN to MSNBC to back to CNN and just all the different places. First that of he all, went. it was quite a roller coaster, and I really got into the thick of it. I actually was sitting in criminal procedure class. Not that I was doing something I wasn't supposed to be doing, like on my phone. I just happened to get a little alert. Uh, a lot of people were tweeting about what he had said to Katie Turr on MSNBC, which was just in the juice of it. And then, of course, he went on to speak with Ari Melber and then just really shocked the world. Um, and it was a wonderful. I don't know if you guys know this, but I used to host uh, Real Housewives after shows. And this I did ain't not got know that. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this has nothing on what's going on right now with well, the chaos. Talk a little bit. Trump. Let's talk a little bit about some of the uh, specific things that he said. Uh, um, sure. There, there's oh, some God. Favorites that I have, uh, which was just his defiance that he would not honor the subpoena and go ahead and arrest me. That 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 to start is my favorite thing. 
um, and we'll we're, we'll go on from there. So talk a little bit about that. Okay. And if it was one of those things that you heard it and you're like, well, I must not have heard that correctly. This this well, guy couldn't the be thing for real. That, the, the one thing that he said that kind of got the ball rolling and got everyone really talking was that he did believe that Trump did something, although he won't say what, in order to um, to make Mueller, you know, bring him in and question him further. Of course, if there was nothing, I don't think that that this would be going on in the first place. So that was the first thing that he said, which is in itself incriminating, not for him, but for Trump potentially. Trump potentially. Nutty professor, meet the Crumps. And then he went on to say over and over and over again that he believes that Mueller is trying to bring a case against Roger Stone, who he says is his, like a father to him and his mentor. He said that so many times. And I do believe that he might have potentially been under the influence of something. Um, not that he well, was slurring his words. To the extent that Aaron Burnett actually commented that uh, she... She smelled alcohol. Yeah, that you know, hopefully nobody lit a match in the studio. That's not actually what she said, but uh, that was the point she was making. So... This guy, uh, and by the way, to that point, uh, in our live chat on YouTube, for those watching us there, R. Scott Brown says, in honor of Sam Nunberg, I just popped a Kalanapin and washed it down with some Kettle One. So thank you, R. Scott Brown. I appreciate that. Uh, So, yeah, obviously, you know, maybe he didn't have his A game. Maybe he had his AA game. See, I didn't even even know I was going to say that. I doubt, yeah. He Sometimes hasn't been going comedy to meetings. happens. Uh, no, 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 no. He's not not going to meetings. Uh, that, the these wild, these the were wagon. his meetings, basically. Um, and uh, you know, at some point, do the people interviewing him, Tamara, have a responsibility to just be like, you know, we're going to take a break. Let's let's pull away from this madness just for a moment, and you know, maybe not put the guy in the spot or. or like, let's say that this exact person in that exact condition was representing President Clinton, Bill or Hillary, in a very hypothetical world, President Obama. Do you think that they would have let them hang themselves out to dry quite so much? I mean, I don't know how, like, obviously, if Aaron Burnett said that he smelled like alcohol, we don't know that from listening to that interview. It doesn't necessarily sound to me like he's drunk or on something, yeah. uh, as as the reporters keep saying. He just seems to me like a Woody Allen character, just like completely neurotic. <laughs> like he just has this voice that sounds like some New York middle school guidance counselor. That's what's making his interviews so enjoyable. Is just the you know you, the voice and uh, I well I don't I'm not saying anything because I don't want to incriminate Roger Stone and it's. <laughs> That's pretty good voice. He's he's so entertaining, just his voice and of itself. So is it the reporter's responsibility? I think they've been doing a really good job at trying to make him sound as um, professional as you possibly can with him. It's not not their job to, you know, take all the rope away mm -hmm. from him. So if he wants to grab the rope and and just uh, keep hanging himself. By the way, the impression made me realize what we need for the world is we need Nunberg as Edith and as Archie Bunker. We need the mooch. I, just, I, I don't care who needs to put this on. Perhaps maybe our friends in America's Voice. I don't know. We, I need to watch this. I need to watch these two interact. Uh, Guys you know. like us, we had it made. <laughs> Those were the 
campaign days. <laughs> and you know, it's too bad we just had Celebrity Big Brother because, uh, or I don't know if it's not if it's over or not. I can't pretend. It. I just know that uh, some people have been kicked out of that house. But in any case, that's what we need. We need people. We need to see more people like this. And I was going to say, I don't yeah. think that he was, I don't truly think that he was under the influence. I think he was under the influence of the anxiety of being subpoenaed by Mueller and have to, having to potentially um, go and talk to a grand jury. Um, Ari Melber did actually stop in the middle of the interview and say, listen, you know, as a human to another human being, do, are you okay? Like, do you need yeah. some time? He actually said that. Do you need some time? Do you need to think this over? And he actually, he was coherent. He wasn't slurring his words. I mean, he was repeating certain things that obviously he felt very, um, very strongly about. Um, but he seemed like he had the wherewithal to understand everything that was going on. I mean, he brought the subpoena with him and, like, actually showed Ari. It was really funny. He kept showing it to him. And Ari's like, okay, well, since you're showing it. And then the, the camera panned in. Um, and then he started to kind of um, compose himself a little more when Maya Wiley came on. And and I think he started to really listen to her as a former prosecutor, federal prosecutor. And, and she wasn't giving advice, of course, but she was giving her experience. And he started to ask questions. He's like, whoa, because he's like, oh, I'm not going to go to jail. And we're yeah. just going to see what happens. And then he, then later on, he's like, do you think I'm going to go to jail? And, you yeah. know, by and, the and, end. He's, and, he's an odd guy. He's just an odd and guy. And that is just yeah. his personality, too, yeah. mind you. And, and he's always been crazy. I mean, his mentor is Roger Stone. So By midnight when he talked to uh, New York Magazine, I believe, not the New York. The Associated I, Press, I think. Okay. Well, I, that's where – the interview that I read I think was New, New, New York, York Magazine. Okay. By by midnight, he said like, oh, no, no, I'll talk to them. Right. So somebody got a hold of him and, yeah. uh, you know. Or the Xanax wore off or – Yeah, well, uh, but <laughs> – and Allegedly. it's interesting because his role, he did not end up uh, all that deep into the campaign. You know, I mean, it, it's it's sort of one of those people you have to think back on. He was like a political advisor before He's Trump was actually in 2015. He had, and, he had and, two and months with the campaign and only. He, yeah, and he was he was fired and rehired a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so but you can think of him. Worked. You can think of him as the Billy Martin of the Trump campaign. <laughs> it's for. Or sports fans out there. Oh, okay. Well, we're like, yeah. I don't get it. I yeah, didn't get the reference. He has that, worked with and known Trump since 2011, though. Yeah. He and Roger Stone. Mm-hmm. So 2011 to 2015 is a lot of time. No, it's a lot of time. And oddly enough, it seems In like... In fact, has any of Trump's staff <laughs> spent that much time with him? I don't... Well, Omarosa had, you know, but uh, back off. to Celebrity Big Brother. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, I, it's a good point. Who, who's been, who does he have on his staff that, uh, Ivanka. Has, well, <laughs> oh, well, that's because he bore her as a child. Yeah. I just she thought has of, no choice. Yeah. Well, I guess I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, Angelina Jolie sure doesn't talk to this John Voight. True. So, uh, you know, there, there are definitely ways to, uh, you know, uh, sever ties. <laughs> so, uh, and it's just, it's, it's interesting, you know, really when you think about how, this guy's not that much of a player, but clearly somebody feels like he knows something. And at that very early stage, that would be the time where the I – mean, I'm just going to use the word administration – but where Trump and his closest advisors maybe weren't as all in on it. You know, They just figured like this, this isn't something that's really going to happen. This is going to help me you know, write a book, do a TV network, you know, all the possible things that mm-hmm. we heard that he would get out of – having run for president after he got out of the race, you know, especially in 2015. I don't I don't think that he was taking it quite so seriously at that point. So that is definitely the point where mistakes could have been made, where it's just like, oh, hang on, I'm just going to call Putin and, and see what he thinks, you know. Um, so 
I think it's I, I think he knows something, but uh, again, I, I'm always very uh, skeptical to think that this is a, the Watergate-style uh, sort of takedown that our friend Scott Moore, who usually sits where Brooke is, uh, he's just counting down the days to the impeachment. And I, I expect him to keep counting Maxine for a while. Maxine Waters. Maxine Waters, who uh, I, I believe needs to take an IQ test. From, oh. from uh, I heard that somewhere. And, that uh, was racist, Christian. I, I heard it from the president. Right? <laughs> right, and that's right. Hashtag, like, I, like I said. That's, that was... <laughs> that's hashtag real news, okay? Because <laughs> it came from the president. So that's how you know. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? You know, Brooke, I know that you're in law school. You're, you know, <laughs> aspiring. School. You're not actually, you know, you're not a, a legal expert. No, but and I'm not giving wh- legal advice, just so you know. You're not going to so give legal advice. But when you, you know, when somebody like Number is in this situation, well, what do you do when you just you, you sort of do all, like this isn't going to actually as long as he shows up when he needs to he's going to be fine right I mean that's that, well, there's no repercussions to saying I'm not going to show up as long as you actually show up right well there are repercussions if he doesn't show up apparently but, but saying he's not going to show up that nothing could actually happen no right? yeah not no so apparently he's already in violation of not having produced the emails that Mueller has requested of him. And he says, well, it's too broad. Um, I don't know what his lawyer is advising him. They have a couple of possibilities, options. Um, If he feels like there's an undue burden on him to produce all those emails, then his lawyer could file a motion to quash the the discovery motion. Um, He could ask for an extension, a deadline to be able to to produce those emails. Um, But in terms of, of showing up on Friday in front of the grand jury, if he doesn't, then he'll be in contempt of the court. And as we saw... Uh, with the Clinton probe back then, and I forget her name, but there was Susan some, McDougal. Susan, right, she decided nice. not to testify, and she went to jail for I think eighteen months. Mm-hmm. And so those are the real possibilities for him. And I think he thinks it's not going to happen. Well, he must know now that it, it's possible that he'll go to jail, which is why he's finally saying that he's going to go in front of the grand jury. But um, his his um, testifying as a witness plays an important part in this whole probe. If it wasn't, then Mueller. Uh, wouldn't be calling him him down. I don't think it's it's that essential, but there's clearly some tie between him and Roger and all of the people that were listed on that paper. There were it was Donald Trump, Hope Hicks, Carter Page, um, and like three or four other people. Clearly, he has ties to those people via email or via some type of information he knows that's necessary in order for Mueller to implicate someone further down the line. I just so. thought if I call me naive, but I thought if you get a subpoena, you have to go. To be questioned, and in just anybody, in any of us in this room, if we're subpoenaed and we don't show up, we go to jail. Is no, that not how it works? That's exactly how it works. <laughs> yeah. So, well, you know, I mean, I think that he was uh, worked up, and you know, maybe some of it was uh, theatrics, perhaps. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's actually what I thought too. I was like, okay, so yeah, and it, and that is the case. If he doesn't show up, there's you know. No reason to uh, expect him to not be arrested. Mm-hmm. But now, if he doesn't show up. Is he going to still be in the country? Now that's the question because does does he really know something? And I'm not even saying he necessarily knows anything that would incriminate President Trump. Maybe he knows something that's going to incriminate himself pretty badly. Mm-hmm. So he's just well, like – Well, he did say that apparently Mueller offered him immunity and that he himself was not the target or he was not um, being questioned himself. In other words, that they had nothing on him and that there was not, nothing that incriminated him. These are his own words via his talks with him and his lawyer and – Mueller and the FBI. But he also said there are embarrassing things in emails. So 
I mean, that I mean, could, you're talking he, to Roger talk, Stone every day. Yeah, yeah, talking talking about people. Like, I, I, I kind of think it's just a matter of he doesn't want to sit in front of his computer and go through his inbox. Like, that. No, who would want to do that? Nobody. Every time anybody says to you, like, oh, can you um, resend me that attachment about the thing? You're like, oh, I don't want to bother with that. Like, I think he just... Yeah, well, that's like do one that part of it. That's, that's the discovery part that they've requested, and then there's the part where he needs to go and talk to the grand jury. I don't see how it would hurt him to talk to the grand jury unless he feels like he could potentially implicate who, Roger Stone, who he's so worried about. If he has nothing that's that's puts Roger Stone in a bad light, then why not speak with him and save your friend? Actually, or, right. Well, I mean, maybe that's uh, maybe that's who got to him. Maybe Roger Stone. Uh, is the one who talked to him. Now, he went as far as to uh, characterize Sarah Huckabee Sanders as a, quote, unattractive fat slob. Now, I would say that he's actually mistaken. He was thinking of her father. But actually, you know, he, he's a good-looking guy. I'm just teasing. It's just jokes. But um, that's the sort of thing that helped feed into the narrative that he was unhinged. And, you know, that was... I don't even know exactly what that because I heard that audio, but I heard it sort of with everything put together. So mm-hmm. I'm not even quite sure where that came from. And you're just like, yeah, what, what, what is this guy trying to do? You know, I mean, I guess he's trying to burn everything down. Um, but um, I hope that he uh, spent Monday night like with friends and family and loved ones, and you know, didn't do anything where he could have hurt himself. You know, you just feel mm-hmm. like, and by hurt himself, I mean he could have just fallen down the stairs. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm a little worried uh, about this guy, and it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see if we get anything out of him. And by we, I, I mean the uh, the Trump report, because I'm expecting him you to know, walk in. He's at any been point. on every show. We would love to invite him to. He's been on every show except this one. Did you yeah. extend yeah. an invitation? You know, I should have. I, I heard sh- he even called. QVC at one point. Well, <laughs> you know, there the, there were crystals that you only had two minutes to get, right. so he didn't want to miss out. All those Angelinos were scooping him up. <laughs> I love every single time uh, some guy in the media calls a woman, you know, has to comment on the way that she looks because, you know, Lord knows he's a model himself. Oh, gosh. You know, it's always... <laughs> yeah, he was actually... That was on Ari's show also, and he was actually threatening... Oh, is that where he said it? He was threatening... Oh, okay. Well, he might have said it on other shows, too. Yeah, I would he, think he, I think he, he did, reiterated yeah. it reiterated his sentiments on Ari's show and he actually threatened her. He was like, she needs to stop lying for Trump. I'm telling you right now, Sarah, stop. That's, I think he said, like, that's an order or something like that. Or and that's a... One thing that's... He also said that she's terrible at her job, which that is something that's I... That's the farthest from farthest the truth. from the truth. She is the best person. She I mean, is the best press secretary of possibly the last... Ten years. She's, yeah, she's got spicy amazing meat. in her job. I was going to say, like we we saw Sean Spicer, so we have a direct comparison <laughs> right. to someone who does that job really and well. Forty five minutes of Scaramucci. Yeah, there was a little mooch. <laughs> there was a little mooch. It's it was true. like a day of mooch. And you know, yeah, like she's just unflappable. You know, like everything just rolls right off her back, and she always does a great job of turning it around on the media and how everything's their fault. And it's like, well, you just won't report the truth, you know? And and she, yeah, I mean, when you think about, I, I, it's hard to even come up with a, a press secretary that you felt like was able to just, that just, just drank volley, the Kool-Aid. Just that, volley that, everything yeah, back. Yeah, that, that drank the Kool-Aid that deeply, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but uh, let us know who you're thinking of, if there's uh, anyone in, in the I do give props to Trump for hiring a female as his... 
Well, that's I mean, that's obviously the, the, the smart thing to do, you know, yeah. because people will will make a lot of points about, uh, you know, like, ah, oh, this rich white guy. But, uh, you know, I mean, you look up at the makeup of the administration and yeah, of course, there's old white guys, but it's Washington, D.C. It's politics, of course. But there's a, there there is there's some diversity, you know, Nikki Haley, uh, you know, yeah. and I'm using Raj, her off the top of my head. Raj Shah. Uh, Omarosa was there, you know, uh, Ben Carson. Ben Carson, who, uh, by the way, decided that he didn't need the $31,000 Tupperware set. And which that it, HUD is more difficult than brain surgery, HUD, HUD organization. I don't know. I imagine brain surgery is really hard. <laughs> I, I, let's put it this way. There's one of those things that I would try and do in my life. I would try and run housing and urban development, okay. but I would not try brain surgery. You know, if they told me that there was a tumor and I could get it out, I'd be like, well, I had a good run. Yeah. You know, I don't want to do more uh, harm than I good. I really used to admire Ben Carson. Not that I don't anymore, but he 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 is and was an amazing surgeon and role model for people before. Look, we haven't seen the dinner Rest set. Rest in peace, Ben Carson. So, so let's let's hold, let's reserve judgment <laughs> until we can time. see what the dinner set looked like. Uh, anyway, uh, there's uh, plenty more to talk about here on the Trump Report, but uh, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back. We're going to talk about steel and aluminum, which is what everybody wants to talk about, Um, right? There's so much excitement. So we'll be right back on the Trump Report. Welcome back to the Trump Report. I'm Christian Blatt. That's Tamara Brown. That's Brooke Solis on the end of the desk. For those just listening, you didn't see me point. You don't know that we're at a desk. I could have just hit the wall. You don't really know. But anyway, uh, we are back, and there are uh, a number of things to talk about. on the trampoline. That that is indeed. (laughs) There are a number of things that we could talk about. We could have kept talking about Nunberg, but uh, I really wanted to talk about steel... And aluminum. <laughs> so this idea that there would be tariffs, uh, 25% for steel uh, imported from other countries and 10% for aluminum so that we could rebuild our industries. Um, my first question is, uh, is there uh, an outcry for the steel industry to make a resurgence? Because uh, there could be and I, I could be wrong. You know, uh, There's been some hay made in certain circles about – how in the 2012 presidential debates, uh, Mitt Romney was focused on Russia, and there were a lot of jokes about like, ah, yeah, the 1980s want their, uh, want their, what was it? Want their what back? Mm, I had it in my head. I said this last week too. <laughs> want their foreign policy back? 1980s want their foreign policy back? And uh, oh, look who got involved in the next election, uh, Russia. So, you know, look there, there are there are times where things are not immediately apparent. So maybe across the heartland, there are a lot of people that are like, you know, you know what I wish was still open? The steel mill that closed 40 years ago. If only, if only we could work there instead of being at the Genius Bar at the Apple Store. If only we could work <laughs> at, the, at the, the steel mill. Um, Tamara, do you feel like it's going to make America great again to have more steel and aluminum produced here? 
it certainly sounds good to his base. That's, I mean, what you're saying about the opening the steel mill. I mean, are, are coal mines uh, as as viable as they once were? Do we need? Can't the coal miners move into, um, you know, working for wind farms like these? Well, wind these- farm wind farms is is kind of a dicey way to to actually turn a profit. But I know I know what you're saying yeah, to like try and the steel mills, coal mines. Um, these these are all. Words that harken back to that good old days of uh, one uh, single family, single income, two cars, garage. You know, just that that whole image that he you know uses to appeal to his base. Um, you know, ultimately, what putting these tariffs on imports does is just you know uh, isolates us and makes us less of a global team player, and it just makes the United States look like big babies. And, uh, well, the interesting point that you're making when it comes to steel mills, aluminum, and coal is you start to wonder, is he reaching out to his base or is it Herbert Hoover's vi- base? Exactly. You know, is he really – is that, that yes. who he's trying to get? You know, it's like <laughs> we're going to get you back to work. Yeah. And it, it, it's interesting because uh, literally everyone is telling him not to do this. You know, uh, we saw – the uh, National Economic Council, Gary Cohn, uh, former president of Goldman Sachs, he resigned uh, today after mm-hmm. trying to keep Trump out of these things. So he's just like, clearly he's not going to listen to me. So, uh, and there are, you know, there are a number of people in the GOP. I know uh, Paul Ryan has to get uh, very critical, which, you know, which probably. for Paul Ryan uh, to be critical is it, like. It, 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 lot, it hurts you know. him. You know, he probably mm-hmm. threw his back out to yeah. have to criticize. <laughs> it, have? To but have also, to criticize somebody that he doesn't like. Does he have a spine exactly. to throw out? That's the question. <laughs> I saw you half yeah, asked yeah, that. Yeah. I wanted to make I sure that like, didn't back, get lost. A back needs a spine. I don't. Yeah. Well, and, and look, it, it's. Uh, <sighs> He's going to clearly throw out as much stuff as he wants. And then I guess the real question is, is he actually going to do this? Uh, what do you think, Brooke, when you hear something like this? Like, you know, is is this a ploy to try and just basically renegotiate NAFTA like he keeps promising he's going to do? Is this really just to scare Canada, which honestly, isn't, They're getting it, scared. isn't it about time that Canada got another big scare? <laughs> yeah, we are scaring our allies, that's for sure. I, I think- mean, Mexico, we we don't know if they're if they're scared or not because we have the wall between us so that we can't even see them. I don't them. think yeah, I can't, I can't see Mexico. Oh, by the way, didn't Nunberg say that he he had the idea for the wall? Like he was the one that helped push uh, the wall as as the major. Is Trump's major campaign point, but isn't that like trying to point out like we you know I actually I actually uh, wrote the original draft of Gili. Oh yeah, the, uh, Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez movie. Uh, you know, it was actually me. Yeah. I think I did it. You know, my my name's not on it, yeah. but but it's my movie. Uh, anyway, uh, so Brooke, sorry. Yes. I, uh, so I think that one of the primary reasons that Cohn is gone is because I think he was trying to have a real conversation with Trump about the cost-benefit analysis of tariffs, and he couldn't get through Trump's head that a tariff is a tax. Oh, my goodness. Did you know that, Trump? I don't think Trump really Send understands the, um, the the differences quite yet. And, and I, I can see this. I was, I was going to say the right side, but even Republicans are against this. Um, and understanding that it's ultimately the consumer that's going to pay when you when you put a tariff on these imports because the prices go up. And we really have to sit and compare the numbers. And, and I don't know if anyone on his team has said, okay, this is the benefit that we're going to see domestically with our steel and aluminum plants. This is, this is the actual 
break that we're going to see economically and then compared it to how much everyone else is going to have to pay, including those who are taking advantage of the imports that, that we take advantage of through our allies. And then, of course, looking at the broad picture of whether or not um, this really does hinder free trade. And, and we know that it does. And we know that it ultimately, if you think about it long term, it's not in our best interest. That being said, the fact that Cohn left, and I, was ho- I hope he was having that conversation with Trump, the fact that he left, now I'm thinking that Trump is pretty darn set on it. But then again, he changes his mind every other day. So um, I'm about 56%. Ooh, that's with, a very specific uh, percent. It's a little <laughs> bit more than half. Just that, a tiny that's bit. That's what more I'm that. leaning towards okay. in terms of where Trump feels or stands um, in terms of actually implementing this tariff plan. Yeah, I think that <laughs> uh, it, you know, it, it really does come down to uh, sort of narrow view, small picture stuff, and and not taking into consideration that if you have the tariff on steel from all of these countries, uh, you know, uh, that the retribution is, you know, well, they're going to tax everything or tariff everything because it's not a tax. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I think that that's what he needs people telling him. And I mean, if he ultimately decides to try and do it, more power to him. But, you know, earlier today, the uh, Swedish prime minister was there Hmm. uh, and uh, he, standing right next to Trump, you know, pointed out that this is a really bad idea. And apparently we get a lot of steel from Sweden, which I didn't realize. Uh, So, you know, the the thing, the the more you know, as they say. It's all those little Allen wrenches. Oh, the the little for, the little sprockets from the IKEA furniture. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, that's all the steel. From that's the all the that's all the steel steel that they export. <laughs> so just imagine if the tariffs are on there, we can get IKEA furniture, but we won't be able to put it together. Mm-hmm. Which, oh, in all honesty, that's like that Twilight Zone episode where all the guy wants to do <laughs> is read. Time uh, enough at last, <laughs> and then his glasses break. Ah, uh, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I think that uh, I I think he's. Clearly, somebody's in his ear about why this is a good idea, but I, I do think it's a ploy. I think the real end game is renegotiating NAFTA, which he hasn't talked about in a little while. And um, I, you know, I, I, I don't do much trading with Canadians and Mexicans. It's just who I am. You know, I, I, I keep it all in house. I do everything here in the U.S. I don't do anything across the border. So I don't know if if NAFTA is this this uh, raw deal that he characterizes. I mean, conservatives it. are against it, and I don't see his base really pushing for it. I actually see the opposite. So you have a big a good point. If that's his strategy, is to kind of make his way through with this little um, controversial issue. I hadn't thought about that. Or, you know, there's always the case that anything that he does is to try to distract. Exactly. Try to distract from something else that's Mm -hmm. happening. There's there's always that. He's like, well, well, damn, I'm just going to. I'm just going to tax Start a trade steel. war. Yeah, it's like, I'm, let's just do that. It's kind of a boring <laughs> yeah. distraction because he usually knows to really cause a commotion to make a statement about a race or yeah, sexual just, just orientation. Just say something racist. Something a little instead. bit more inflammatory than steel and aluminum. Look, I, I'm going to have to beg to differ because obviously uh, trade negotiations and trade wars are fascinating as evidenced by Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, <laughs> where we start off right in the middle of high-level trade negotiations uh, with some very racist characters. So clearly, it's very exciting stuff. Uh, we're going to take a break in a moment, our last break of the show in a moment. But 
Want to have fun, learn, and grow in all areas of your life? For those who do, have we got a podcast for you. Conversations with Maria Menounos Podcast Edition is hosted by our AfterBuzz TV founder, Maria Menounos, and drops every Friday on iTunes. Conversations with Maria Menounos features celebrity and influencer interviews, along with secrets and tips on how to be better in all aspects of life, from health and wellness to career and relationships, finances, and more. Let our Maria be the big sister you never had. I never had a big sister. This is what I need. Just go to iTunes and subscribe to Conversations with Maria Menounos for free. That word again, free. Be sure to rate and comment. And when you do, let Maria know that it was the Trump report who got you there. Conversations with Maria Menounos, podcast edition. Check it out. You know, they have great guests on that show, <clears throat> uh, including uh, – I've been on that show a couple mm, of times. Not the podcast edition, but um, – I'm available. Anyway, uh, <laughs> when we come back, we are uh, going to uh, tidy up a few other odds and ends that are going on in the news. So please, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Trump Report. Christian Blatt, Tamara Brown, Brooks Elise, all here reporting on Trump, because that's what we do here on the Trump Report. For Oh, I thought this was the Crump Report. I'm in the wrong <laughs> place. don't know where that came no, from. Then look, I, I would also like to do the Clump Report, you know, where we report on Professor Clump and his entire family. You know, I, crumping is actually a form of dance, mm-hmm. so we could also crump. Look, you. I'll leave that to the ladies. That's not a sexist thing. That's just because I cannot dance. And I assume because you're ladies, you can dance. So you see, that I is actually, actually, it's actually fairly sexist. I bet you some really of the people dancer. in our chat can dance. That's what I think. Um, they probably can. Uh, They're saying a lot tonight. Anthony in the booth, if you could uh, raise the, the font size of the chat uh, just a little bit. You know, we were talking before the break about tariffs on steel. And uh, I can't let a comment slide by that I saw in the chat from Shareable Texas. He thinks that someone needs to put tariffs on Brooke for stealing my heart. Aww. Oh my goodness! Why so, are you making me blush, Shareable Texas? Cheesy you know Shareable I'm Texas, and very, very easily impressed. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if that made you blush, uh, no, exactly. we're huge fans of Shareable Texas, and of course, everybody who joins us in the chat uh, every week when we're doing the show live. Uh, Tuesday evenings, for those that are wondering maybe when we do the show. And uh, Shareable Texas, actually, he tweeted that uh, he kept missing the Trump report and he felt awful. I was so close to getting mad at him. But then he said he checked out the Blackcast. That's my own personal podcast. <laughs> B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T dot com. And then I was like, well, that's fine. He checked out the Blackcast. So there, there you go. If you miss the Trump report, okay. you can always find it. You. And you can find our other places And as well. I have to give a shout-out to R. Scott Brown, too, for saying Brooke woke AF. That's also oh, making my night. Wow. I mean, you guys, like I said, I have no man at home, so I'm just going to come here and, you know, get what I need. <laughs> yeah. Because it's working. Exactly. Uh, a- a- anyway. And we're not ignoring you guys, William Winters. We just uh, have so much to talk about today. And... Um, yeah. We appreciate you guys. In all, in all honesty, a lot of weeks, uh, William Winters, uh, we are ignoring you. <laughs> but uh, what? what's wrong with 
Williams. Well, you'd have to you'd have to be here. I haven't gotten yeah. to know William. Yeah, well, you know, you might not. But uh, <laughs> anyway, no, I'm I'm, I'm basically I'm teasing him. Uh, obviously. Christian is swiping right on William Winter. Oh. <laughs> Wait, does that mean that I don't like him? Yes. That shows how that shows what I know. I'm not on Tinder. I don't know, but I do know that. You know about Tinder. Yes. Anyway. Uh so speaking of Tinder, I don't <laughs> quite this, know. Where is this going? I, uh, You're a married man, so be careful, Christian. Oh no. I look, uh, I I'm I'm a married man, but uh I, I somehow wanted to get the idea of Tinder to uh the fact that Muller Wait, which one is the one you like? Swipe left if you like them. Yeah. That Mueller is going to swipe left on uh, Trump lawyer Michael Cohen. Oh, I knew you were going there. You yeah. knew it. But uh, as soon as you told me, I already forgot which way. <laughs> I'm, I'm 42 going on 78, so uh, my apologies. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, they're just looking in, and he's Trump's personal lawyer, and they want to look into his role in negotiating Trump Tower Russia or Moscow. I think that's the same thing. Uh, in any case, uh, what do you think when you hear that? Do you think – I mean, sure, it's just rumblings, it's rumors, but a lot of times when there's smoke, there's at least smoke. There isn't always – it's not always when there's smoke, there's fire, but it's sometimes when there's smoke, it's like, oh, yeah, you're right. There is a lot of smoke around there. Uh, when you hear that, do you feel like, all right, so at a time when Donald Trump wasn't seriously running for president – maybe there were some lines crossed or something, or what do you think the interest is there in Michael Cohen? With Michael Cohen? Yeah. Um, I keep okay, getting confused so know, with Gary Cohen. Right. We know that Michael Cohen is Trump's longtime lawyer who is very entangled in all of his affairs. Very busy man. Especially in all of his affairs. Um, no pun intended. Especially his financial uh, affairs. And um, I really do think that what Mueller has on Trump more than anything is his financial entanglements with Russia. And I think that Michael Cohen, um, obviously, as his fiduciary agent, um, is also involved in in that. Yeah, somebody went to law school or still goes to law school. Fiduciary. (laughs) That's what a lawyer is supposed to be, but that doesn't always happen. But he's supposed to be looking out for his best interest. And so he is basically handcuffed to to Trump now with everything that he's done, especially his finances. And you know what they say, follow the money, and that's how you get to the answer. And I think that's how Mueller's going to get to what he needs. I really, truly believe that. I've been saying it from day one. By the way, we got the swipes wrong, just so I don't know. On Tinder, on Tinder. Well, shareable Texas obviously knows. <laughs> yeah. It didn't – look, and I, so wait, are none of us on Tinder and we I'm were all talking about it? Tamara, no Tinder for a lo- you? A while ago. I forget. I forget. But you – So, yeah, if you, you like them, you're like, mm, anyway. mm, and Yeah, that like, makes oh. more sense because yeah, if, you, if you don't like – yeah, if you like want to discard a message when you're, you know – Then you li- – yeah, you somebody ca- When somebody calls that you don't want to talk to, you know, if – Right, if, when you if, open if you the see call, that, you swipe right. If you see that Let's Scott, spend 20 more minutes If you see this. that Scott Moore is on the phone, you're like, no. no so I'm like Michael Cohen Scott. with yeah. Stormy, you know, it was like. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of handcuffed to Trump, sort of a late breaking story. Ooh, that just makes me air. shudder just hearing that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> well, what you if guys are a lot of people who love Trump. Wh- yeah, there are a lot of people who love Trump. And there are a lot of people who, you know, maybe – pretend to love Trump for an hour just because they think we'll get a good story out of it. And uh, porn actress Stormy Daniels says she's suing President Trump because the hush agreement is null and void because he didn't sign it. Why is she saying this now after she did all the interviews where she's like, well, I can't really talk about anything ever. Uh, And this was uh, filed in Los Angeles Superior Court. And by the way, Stormy Daniels is apparently not her real name. What? No. no. Yeah. 
you know, I I don't you like. Can't believe it, Tamara. You know, if you can't believe in porn, what can you believe Her in? Her real in this name wor- is Thunder Daniels. Thank <laughs> you. Kylie's daughter's real name is Stormy. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> Stephanie Clifford is her name. Uh, I would have changed the Clifford too. Yeah, the big red dog. <laughs> Uh, so she had to go public with the story, uh, and I don't quite know exactly why she feels like now is the time to. Christian, to go is with the story. she saying that she never signed the? Um, well, apparently she signed it, but she says that he, he didn't sign it. it. But so doesn't that but mean yet she followed through with it despite knowing that he didn't sign it? Yeah, and, and I guess that because I had originally heard that they had both signed it, but because. He had spoken about it, or someone else had spoken about it. That had broken the yeah, agreement. Yeah, I mean that's usually how these these mm-hmm. things uh, happen. You know, in, in important legal matters like Huey Lewis suing Ray Parker Jr. for stealing <laughs> "I Want a New Drug" for Ghostbusters. Well, one of them talked about it, and then all of a sudden the the whole thing blew up. So that's the level of legal expertise I have. <laughs> if I saw it on behind the music, fiduciary. On VH1, <laughs> <laughs> fiduciary, uh, yeah, I need a new fiduciary drug by Huey Lewis and the news. Um, so I, I, I'm not quite sure what we're getting out of this. I, I, I mean, more time for Stephanie Clifford. You know, that's her real name. And we should use it. I mean, if her name's not Stormy Daniels, don't don't do this to me again. All right, don't make me think that your name is <laughs> Stormy Clifford. Daniels. Yeah, Miss Clifford, if you're, if nasty. you're nasty. Oh, <laughs> look at us. Anyway. And I'm a millennial. If only you guys were close enough to high five. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Tamara. Hey, can you pass this high five along? No, let's do it. Sorry. I'll I'll take it through the air. Anyway, uh, which sounded great on iTunes. Anyway, um, (laughs) Tamara, your thoughts on all of this. So, porn star sues a president. Um, I, I, all I, my first thought is I'm just surprised that this didn't happen in the 90s. A porn starts suing the president. But your thoughts as you hear this late so, breaking news. I'm so tired of this teasing of, you know, things getting closer with the Mueller investigation, getting closer to will, will Stormy Daniels actually give us something, I don't know, that's actually going to incriminate anything. It's just like I kind of just want everybody to... Close the doors and until they actually have something, some breaking news that will actually mean something. I well, mean, also, she did, did she produce the contract when she filed her? Not meeting? from what I saw, but again, I because how do you prove that the contract wasn't signed unless you have a contract that's not signed? That's not signed, and you know, I mean, you I can mean, say what you want to say, but couldn't he like sign it today and just be like, "Well, look, it's signed." I mean, or you need a notary, I suppose. That's how that works, huh? You do. You know, yeah, <laughs> All right. Generally Sorry, I was trying to help you, Mr. President. <laughs> I was this close. We almost we would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for those meddling kids. Plus, how old is this contract as well? Uh, it's 2011, I believe. Uh, ultimately, okay, let's just say that she's able to talk about it and tell the whole story. Okay, so it's going to be probably embarrassing stories about stuff that he's into. Um, is, is is anybody's world going to be rocked no, by the fact that a rich guy does that, not care. that a rich guy cheated on his wife, his third wife? You know, I mean, it, the track record indicates that this is a gentleman who we've, may be inclined to step out on his wife once in a while. We've already heard the the golden showers, Russian prostitutes thing. Like what? Okay, now if we get that, that's a different story because that's crazy. That like you but know, in the words of Comey, to, "Oh Lordy, I hope there are two. If if TMZ rolls that out, you know, and they're they're all sitting around drinking out of their big gulps and they're joking about it, then you know, then then that's going to be an amazing half hour of television. But why why will that make more of a splash than what? <laughs> oh, <laughs> now we know. But 
The, yeah, I mean, well, that there's there's a tape. There's a, apparently no tape of Stormy Daniels of Stephanie Clifford. So that we know I, I mean, yeah, that we know. But to Brooke's point, it's like the the base clearly You're doesn't insisting care. Insisting on calling her by her real name, like look, like Dumbledore to look, Voldemort. I just figured out that Clark Kent is Superman. <laughs> all right, and so I can only call him Clark. All right, I can't. There's no Kal El. All right, so yeah, Stormy Clifford. All right, what about Stormy a hybrid? Clifford. But. To Brooke's point, this isn't really going to impact the base. You know, I think that the people who are on board the Trump train, even those who got on reluctantly, were a little late to the party. I think that they're not going to jump off now. I mean, there are a number of things that you could have seen in the past two years that might make you decide that this isn't a guy that you maybe feel good about. The fact that he can, with a straight face... Uh, court religious groups and you know f- uh, family values, all of those things that we hear, faith based voters. Uh, you know, when he's probably one of the one of the worst representations of of the things that are important yeah. to them. You know, second to Bill Clinton that I can think of. You know, uh, at the same second. T- well, th- maybe you know it depends on who you believe, but. The point being that it's just – I don't think anybody is going to really lose much sleep over this. So it will just be an endless barrage and to uh, borrow the pun, it <laughs> will rain down on us from all of the media and then what do we get out of it? Nothing really. I mean as a society, we should care. But his but he, his, he wasn't his president base, at the time. He wasn't president and his base has openly said – they, they don't care. A lot of them who are um, conservative um, Christians say that God forgives if he had those affairs. Oh, I just thought of something. What if, <laughs> what if she says that she had an abortion? Wow. That um, could make, that could actually, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, something that could actually rock his base. Well, he could just say that he, he he's praying for her or something. You know, there's an, there's an easy out on that, but... Um, it's a great way to leave it, isn't it, <laughs> with that? But uh, that we are indeed out of time. So thanks to everybody who joined us in the chat and for everybody watching, of course. Uh, you can follow the show at Trump Report ABTV. You can find me at Christian DMZ. Tamara, where do people find you? You can find me on Twitter at HeyTamara underscore and all other social media at HeyTamara. Brooke Solis, where do people find you? Hey, guys, you can find me at Brooke Solis TV on all social media. And uh, that's it for tonight, and we will see you next time on The Trump Report. Thanks so much, everybody.